Pastor Xavier Rees says, having all the right qualifications doesn't necessarily get the job done in God's economy. I can't help to think that the words of Jesus rang in Peter's head at this point, convicting him. Without me, you can do nothing. Oh, but you don't understand, I've got my MBA, and you don't understand, I've got this, and, and I know friends, and I can get a job, and this and that. And Jesus says, apart from me, you will do nothing. How simple it is to forget. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It was three times that Peter denied his Lord, and it was three times that his Lord gave the chance to affirm his love. Jesus, in his gracious forgiveness, gave Peter the chance to wipe out the memory of the threefold denial by a threefold declaration of love. And Pastor Xavier uses the tender moment of the restoration of Peter to bring us the simple truth that Jesus stands by us, even in our inadequacies, giving us the ability to serve Him in His calling on our life. Here's our teacher, Pastor Xavier. John 21, verse 15 to 19. The message is entitled, Peter Restored. Jesus has appeared to His disciples two times already, and has told them to wait for him in Galilee. That was also the message of the angels to the women. But they got a little bored and impatient, so they went fishing. Sounds like a lot of Christians. God has saved them out of the world, done a tremendous job in their life, and then after a while they said, well, I think I'll go back to what I used to do. I'll go back fishing. When Jesus appears to them here in Galilee, he takes the opportunity to recommission Peter back to service of the gospel and reveals four things to Peter through his recommission. Let me um, read the text. I'll give you the four things that he reveals. So when they had eaten breakfast, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Ten, my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. The recommission of Peter reveals to us four things. First, Jesus revealed to Peter his pride. Verse 15. Secondly, Jesus revealed to Peter his heart. Verse 16. And then thirdly, Jesus revealed to Peter 
his restoration, verse 17. And finally, Jesus revealed to Peter his death in verse 18 and 19. Let's look at the first. Verse 15, Jesus revealed to Peter his pride. This is the first thing he reveals to him through his recommission, his pride. Notice first, the setting is after eating breakfast, which Jesus cooked, yet they were the fishermen. They had gone fishing at Peter's decision in verse 3 of chapter 21. Peter says, ah, I'm going fishing. And they all say, oh, we'll go fishing with you. They had fished all night and caught nothing on their own attempts. Verse 3 still tells us of chapter 21. They had been unsuccessful in their own abilities and caught nothing until the Lord commanded them to cast their net on the other side of the boat, and their catch was great. Verse 6 and verse 11 through 13 tells us that. They had returned to their old lives, yet the Lord had called Peter to be fishers of men through a similar occasion at the beginning of the Lord's ministry. And he told Peter to launch out in the deep. He was in his boat for the catch. And Peter declared, Lord, you know, we've been toiling all night, and the word toil means just to exhaustion. Peter was kind of saying, Lord, you know, you're a great preacher. And when it comes to ministering to people, man, you know, no one can touch you. But give us some slack. We, we are fishermen. We are professionals. We have been born on this lake. We know. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. Luke 5, verse 4 and 5. The catch was so great that the net began to break, and as they tried to pull them in, the boats began to sink. Luke 5, 6 through 7. I have a funny suspicion that in Peter's mind, this occasion just deja vu all over again. Though they're not the same, there's distinctions. But it recalls the beginning of his ministry with Jesus at the end. Peter saw it, and he fell to the ground at the knees of Jesus and says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, Luke 5, 8. It was at that time that Peter was so conscious of his own unworthiness because he stood before one who was greater than he. He was a fisherman. He knew what to do, and yet he had caught nothing. And at the word of the Lord, his self-confidence was just destroyed. Boom. Jesus told Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men, Luke 5.10. Fishers of men. Similar situation here all over again. One at the beginning, one at the end. Do you ever feel like you are learning the same thing over and over again? That God is dealing with you now with things that he dealt at the beginning of your Christian life? Verse 7 of chapter 21 tells us that they had not recognized the voice of the Lord except for John. He says, children, you have any food? You catch anything? I can hear Peter. Who's that guy? What's the matter with him? John says, hey, that's the Lord. Peter girded himself, jumped in the water, and swam in. I can't help to think that the words of Jesus 
rang in Peter's head at this point, convicting him of the words that he heard. Without me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. He remembered the first time. Lord, we've toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word. All of a sudden again, Jesus just told him, just days before, without me, you can do nothing. Oh, but you don't understand. I've got my MBA, and you don't understand. I've got this, and, and I know friends, and I can get a job, and this and that. And Jesus says, apart from me, you will do nothing. How easy, how simple it is to forget. They were being served by the Lord, verse 9 and 10 of 21 tells us. A reminder of the Passover revealing their pride again. Jesus washed their feet and served them. This was the third time Jesus appeared to them, verse 14 tells us. Remember the first time? In chapter 20, verse 19 to 23, to the 10, and then verse 24 to 20, to the 11, because Thomas wasn't present the first time. This is the setting. Now notice, secondly, still verse 15, that the Lord Jesus asked Peter if he loved him more than those present as he had declared in the past. Now, we don't see the actions of Jesus. So we don't know, because the Greek doesn't really clarify what these refer to. The reference to these is not clear in the text. The reference could be to the boats that provided Peter's livelihood. Jesus could say, do you, do you love me more than these boats, Peter? The reference could be to the fish that were drawn in, 153. Peter, do you love me more than these, which represented the financial security of Peter? Or the reference could be to the other disciples present. Do you love me more than these that you said you love me more than they when you said that even though they all betray you, you would not, you would die for me? Remember back chapter 13, verse 37? I believe that this is probably the proper interpretation, the correct interpretation, that these refer to the disciples, people, as a comparison and a contrast. I don't believe that Jesus is speaking about the things. Though certainly we find good principle application for it, right? Because boats can get in the way. Let's make it real. Cars, houses, fish, money, bank accounts, retirement, savings, stocks. Okay? But I believe the proper application here, uh, interpretation, is the other disciples present because of uh, uh, Peter's past uh, boastfulness. Now, notice the Lord calls him Simon, which means hearing instead of Petros, rock. You see, Peter had need of hearing what the Lord was about to say to him in view of his previous pride. Peter had need of recognizing his pride of self-confidence that resulted in his failure. Hearing. Peter had a problem with hearing. But more than that, listening. Peter had need of hearing what the Lord was about to ask him if he truly loved Jesus, see? He doesn't call him Peter, Simon. Let me your ear. The church's, the Spirit says, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verily, verily, I say to you, the word that Jesus uses for love is agapao, we get our word agape from it, God's divine love. It's not of human origin. It's not of human ability. It's not able to be fate consistently, continuously. 
It's God's divine love. Peter, do you agape me? You boasted in the past. How you feel now? What do you think of yourself? You know, there, there is nothing like a good three-point landing on your face to bring you back down to earth. You know what I mean? There's nothing like eating crow to bring you back to reality and humble you. And God will do that. He'll even provide the salt shaker because he loves you. He loves me. Notice thirdly, the man Simon answers Jesus in two ways. Peter declares, yes, Lord. Simon knew that he loved Jesus. We already made that statement back in chapter 13. He loved him. He was genuine. But he overestimated himself. Simon knew that he loved Jesus, but Simon also knew that he could not say that he loved Jesus more than the others now. You see? He knew he failed. He couldn't say that. Simon acknowledged Jesus as his Lord too. Lord. The second thing he says is, you know that I love you. Simon uses the word phileo. Found affection. Not the word agape. For Peter did not want to make the same mistake again of overestimating himself. He uses the word phileo. Okay? Friendly. Fond. Affectionate. Love. You see, Simon had to come to recognize his pride and self-sufficiency. This was Jesus was after. Jesus is always after you and me to recognize this area in our life. He's not wanting to make us feel bad. He's wanting us to acknowledge what's wrong. That's important. Simon knew that Jesus knew the heart of all men. We've established that through John chapter 2, verse 24 through 25. No man had to tell Jesus anything because he knew what was in man. He knew everything. And throughout the gospel, it's been very evident. But Simon also knew that the Lord knew his own inability apart from him. You see, Simon's learned some very important lessons through some very difficult times. But anything that's going to be impressed in your mind and heart is most likely going to come through difficulty and hard times. Important lessons usually cost us a lot. Do they not? Things that don't cost us, we don't value them. We exalt ourselves over others. When they cost us, then they become valuable and they keep us humble. When they don't cost us, no, so, ah, if anybody can do that, I, I don't have no problem with that. <laughs> and so Jesus says, feed my lambs. The Lord commissioned the man Simon. Jesus simply said, feed my lambs. The lambs belong to the Lord, not Peter. Notice that? My lambs. He says it three times. My, 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 my. <laughs> it's not that the Lord is greedy. He wants Peter to know that the people do not belong to him. Now, this is the primary and most important duty of a pastor in recognition of his own weakness and dependency on the Lord. That he is insufficient to feed, but if he depends upon God, he can. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, I'd rather glory in my infirmities because when I'm weak, I'm strong, right? 
I'm amazed every week how God continues to feed us because I know that I cannot do what I do. I tell you that from my heart. I lie not. I know that it's God's grace over our life, and I love it. And I am enjoying it as much as you are. <laughs> and maybe more because I know who I am. The lambs refer to those Christians who are young and in need of nourishment in order to develop and grow in their spiritual life. You feed the lambs so that they can grow and they can move right into the body life and begin to, to eat some of the more solid food and stuff like that, and they can grow and develop. This is the primary and most important duty of a pastor in recognition of his weakness, depending on God, to be able to feed the lambs of God. Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged his pride after regaining his sanity. Remember that? And he declared that there was a, a God in heaven who did as he willed, and the entire earth was reputed as nothing before him, and no one could restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? God has a, 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 such a great way to deal with pride. Boy, you just walk in pride, and, and he will just meet you right where you're at, and I guarantee you that you will end up being the loser sooner or later. It's number one sin on the list of God. Read Proverbs. Pride. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. No one is the exception. And it's not once and for all. Pride is something you have to do like your lawn once a week, like feeding your dog every morning, like brushing your teeth twice a day, hopefully. <laughs> over and over again, it's ever-present in the old man. So Jesus revealed Peter's pride. The second thing that he reveals is Jesus revealed to Peter his heart in verse 16. The Lord Jesus, notice first, addresses Simon a second time. The Lord asked Simon if he loved him. The question had to have been a bit uncomfortable for Peter. Having just answered the Lord, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But the question may seem to be asking the same thing, but it is not. Look at it closely. The Lord is now asking Peter if he loved him without comparing him to any other. First of all, do you love me more than these? Now he says, do you love me? The question that are addressed by God are not in order that God know the answer. Do you understand that? <laughs> it's like the little kid came home and told his mom, Mom, I hate school. I got the stupidest teacher. Why, son? She's always asking questions that I have to give her the answers for. <laughs> well, like, like what? He says, well, she asked, what is two and two? I had to tell her four. <laughs> but why does a teacher ask questions? Not that they might know the answer. They know the answer. So the student, that the student know that they know the answer. The question to Simon was, in order that Peter would know his own heart. The Lord led the children of Israel 40 years through the wilderness and humbled them and tested them, that they might know what was in their heart, whether they would keep the commandments of God, that they would know their heart, not that God, God already knew it. Deuteronomy 8, 2. God tests, God tries, God puts things in our life so that we might know what's in our heart. Not God. 
The heart of man is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Therefore, only God knows the depths of our own depravity as well as the only one able to reveal it to us, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Now, I as your pastor have known the depths of my depravity. But even in the areas that God has allowed me to know the depths of my own depravity, it is not the full depth of my depravity. There's still greater capacity for evil in me than God has revealed to me, as in your. But see, only God can reveal that. When I search my heart on my own way, oh, that's not bad, that's pretty good. Paul says, I don't even trust my own judgment. I wait for the Lord to judge it, right? <laughs> Some people take inventory and say, oh, man, I'm great. God says, no, 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 let's back up. <laughs> Interesting. Now, the word for love is, again, agape, or agapao. Uh, God's divine love, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. God's gift to the believer, Romans 5, 5, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God's fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is agape, and then after that is all manifestations of agape. It's singular. Now, what's interesting is you can be called, you can be anointed, you can be gifted by God and gifts of the Spirit and be used of God and yet not be open to the love of God. You remember Jonah? Called, anointed, gifted, but not open to the love of God. Jonah's problem was not that he didn't know his God. Jonah's problem was he didn't want to become like his God. He says, didn't I tell you this is why I didn't want to come because I knew you were gracious, loving, merciful, and this and that. He loved his God. He knew his God, but he didn't want to become like his God. You see, that's the problem with so many Christians. They love receiving the grace. They love receiving the mercy. They love what God has done. But don't you dare ask me to give it out. Don't you dare ask me to be like Jesus. How dare you? And so they go through a lot of nifty little charades, and they go to church, and they carry their Bible, and they say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise Jesus, and all that. But carnal, 100% beef. The man Simon answers Jesus in two ways again. Peter declared, yes, Lord. Peter was sure of his love for Jesus above any other at this point. That's good. Peter reaffirms that Jesus was his Lord. And Peter declares to Jesus that he knew that he loved him. See, Peter knew that he knew. Peter knew that he wasn't asking him to find out. But he's searching his heart. He's revealing his heart. For Peter knew that there was no creature hidden from his sight, but all is naked and open to the eyes of him whom we have to deal with and give an account to Acts 4, 13. Nothing hidden from him. Peter used the word phileo again. Understanding the evilness of his heart to think himself more highly than he ought to think. That capacity is there. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 2. He's fully aware of his potential. Are you aware of your potential in evil? It's important that you do. It's important that you know that you have a funky old man that still hangs around. But he can only be as strong as you allow him or as much as you feed him. Remember the Eskimo that was drunk in the bar and he's telling this guy about his two dogs, one black dog, one white dog, and he's telling them how they're always fighting. The other guy says, well, who, which one wins? He says, that's easy, the one I feed the most. Who do you feed the most, the new man or the old man? That's the one that's going to win. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, winding up our time for today with a reminder how victory for the new man can only come at the expense of the old. A simple truth brought home to the Apostle Peter to close the Gospel of John. And you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And if what you've heard has posed a specific challenge in your own walk, maybe your own CD copy would be helpful for further personal study. Now, the title to ask for is Peter Restored. It includes everything you heard last time as well. In fact, there's even more content to the message than time allows us to present on the air. And having your own copy makes it convenient to share this message with others you know. So when you contact us, mention today's date or the title once again, Peter Restored, and we'll get that right out to you. You can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, let us know the call letters of the station you hear us on. That enables us to track where our radio outreach has been a ministry to our listening friends. And I hope you'll be along for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com